The Restless Midlifer podcast. Get health, weight and life back on your terms. And welcome to episode 93 of the Restless Midlifer podcast. Now you have yours truly today, no interview. And today what I want to do is share some thoughts about the brain. Our brains. Now for me, and I'm sure you agree, our brains are amazing things. They really are, they're amazing. I mean, you think about all the things that it's responsible for, that it does, that it controls, and what have you. The trouble is, as good as it and as fantastic as our brains are, its timing can suck, can't it, at times. And this is the thing that I want to explore, because for me, my brain has served me fantastically well, but I've had my issues with it, you know, in terms of whether it's anxiety, stress, overwhelm, burnout, those kinds of things, you know, emotional core, but lots of different things we have through life, dealing with challenges. Sometimes it doesn't seem to get it quite right, or it can sort of give us things and challenges and worries at the wrong time. And that's what I want to talk about in terms of timing, because we all in our busy lives, particularly as midlifers, we have a lot to juggle. And in so juggling, the challenge is remaining effective, stepping up and stepping into those roles day to day, you know, and, and, and being the best we can. Finding time to make time for ourselves and for our health and the things that we enjoy as well. And then also trying to switch off and shut down, have a good night's sleep, that kind of thing. And this is where the timing issue can come in because as fantastic as our brain is, well, in fact, it's it's the fantasticness, it's not a proper word, it's, the, it's, it's amazing ability to keep track of things, to push things into the subconscious while you're working and focusing on something and to then keep it and bring it to your attention to, to remind you that you haven't sorted this, you need to do that, what about this, what if this goes wrong and all of those things can be really useful. So worry, in, in um, well, in using Paul McGee, the sumo guy's phrase, there is worthwhile worry and worthless worry. There's worry which is constructive and useful, so if I'm planning a journey um, then I need to kind of worry about, like, okay, plan times, I need to make sure I've got my route, I've got enough fuel in the car, all of that kind of stuff. That's worthwhile worry. But there's a lot of worthless worry that the brain can engage us in, which is the stuff that we, we worry about but have very little control over, either in that moment or in general. And that's the challenge. So worry itself is useful, but it can be overdone or we can do it unconsciously as well. But the, the brain is fantastic at just keeping track of these things. The problem is, it can often surface those worries, those problems, those ideas. You know, the, the idea, I don't know if you've ever had this experience where you've had a fantastic idea. Um, you're just dropping off to sleep or you've just woke up in the midnight and you've had the most fantastic idea for a book or a TV program or to save the world or cure the world of, that kind of thing. You've had this fantastic idea. And then somehow it just wisps away, disappears away into the ether by the next morning and you can't remember it and it would have made such a fantastic difference to your life and everybody else's life but we can't remember it and that's the challenge because the the brain is creative can problem solve when given the opportunity can consider and reflect and learn and does that anyway but can do it really positively if it's given the space it can also highlight things to you like a problem or a thing that's unresolved or unfinished it can really do that brilliantly but why does it seem to do it at the wrong times. Why does it seem to do it when, I don't know, you're sitting on the loo or you're in the shower uh, or you're settling down for bed just trying to drift off and unwind or four o'clock in the morning. You know, I don't know if you've ever had that experience. I, I know many people do. You wake up at four o'clock or 3.30 and your head starts to spin with all of those things. Could be ideas, could be problems, could be worries or all of the above. 
but it then keeps you awake. And the thing about it is, in the shower, on the toilet, in bed, you're not in a position to do anything about it. So we're out of control of the taking action part of it. But your brain nevertheless wants to service it. And ironically, that four o'clock waking up, I don't know about you, but I tend to, to, to have it chewing around for an hour and a half, two hours, and somehow fall asleep half an hour before I'm due to get up and have the most blissful half an hour, but wake up totally groggy and wrecked. And it's not ideal. And that's the problem. Because when it disrupts things, like sleep, it then has a knock-on effect into how we cope, how we show up in the next day. So, what can we do about the timing of our brain? If it's fantastic, which it is, the brain is fantastic, it does such a lot of things for us, what can we do about that? And this is where I want to I want to sort of identify three things that can happen. Two of them are pretty linked, that not that can happen, that you can use in terms of practices or tools, if you like. Um, two things are linked, and one is um, something to do throughout your day as and when something surfaces. So I'll get on to that. But the essence of this is all about giving your brain space at an alternative time to allow these things to surface. Because if your brain does it, at those times perhaps when you're in the shower or distracted, just thinking and drifting and, and perhaps in a, a more relaxed state, um, such as when you're drifting off to sleep, the, the, you sleep, you're drifting, slightly, you're feeling more relaxed, it might well be that state that allows your brain to surface this stuff. Because you're not preoccupied, focused, laser focused or distracted by other stuff. You're in a relaxed state which allows the brain to surface this stuff. So the key is to take that principle, that idea, the, the, the phenomenon that's happening perhaps in the shower or, or when we're settling down to bed and trying to recreate it. So my suggestion really today is utilising the strengths of the brain and then doing it and using its benefits and powers on our terms. Imposing a little bit of control, control and constraint on it in the sense of, right, bedtime's the wrong time, shower's the wrong time, brain, let's find another time. So this is where I want to bring in my, my, my first two linked ones, and I like to call them the opening and closing ceremonies. Now, that might sound grand, but there's a reason I have ceremonies. What I'm not talking about here is Olympic-style opening and closing ceremonies with fireworks and all that kind of stuff, or flags and stuff, anyway. What I am talking about are something that, or is something that becomes more of a ritual and ceremonial in the sense that you value it, you appreciate it, you treat it with a sense of reverence. Now, before you get thinking, what, what are you on about, Dave? Just, just let's step it back a bit because I'm not talking about anything fancy. I'm talking about applying that sense of this is really important, this is valuable, this is useful to me. But if we wind it back to what I'm actually asking or suggesting you do is simply put 10 minutes aside morning and evening this is the opening and closing you can have many opening and closing ceremonies during your day which i'll come to but the idea is to have those 10 minutes or that 10 minutes the morning is your opening ceremony i'll come back to that because as you'll see why in a moment let's deal with the closing ceremony and this is particularly relevant for the sleep disruption and things surfacing through the night what i really really find valuable for me and it crops up so many times with clients as well i can't can't underestimate how important this is. The number of times that clients are talk about waking up, disrupted sleep, can't get something off the mind, can't switch off, that this process of having a closing ceremony can be really, really useful. And as I said, it's nothing fancy. What I'm talking about is at some point during your evening or after work, if your work shifts, obviously, some point before you settle down to sleep, preferably not directly before sleep, because the, the thinking process may stimulate some sense of anxiousness or anticipatory anxiety, as you'll see when we talk about it. 
But pick a moment. Now, for some clients, it's directly after work. It's their closing ceremony for their work day. As they're closing their laptop, they're writing stuff down on, on to-do lists, etc. And I'll go into the detail of what the closing ceremony is. But the timing is something that can be flexible and work for you. For others, it's kind of the half seven in the evening time when work's finished, they've sorted evening meals, they've had family tea, and they take themselves off for 10 minutes to do this process. And it's such that it's an hour or so before settling down to bed, so they've got a time to decompress from the process. Not that it's particularly stressful, but it can sort of yield things and actions that can come up with it. So timing is something to play with, but 10 minutes is all I'm asking you to do with a closing ceremony. And really, this is in terms of what I'm asking you to do for the closing ceremony is not rocket science, really. It is about closing the loops on your day. But there's a two parts to it. There's the closing your loops on the day. I'll come to the second part, Charlie. The first part is the closing the loops on your day, which is to effectively get out of your head the stuff that's perhaps unfinished, that's that's not quite, um, that you're relying on somebody else for, that you need to do a little bit more work tomorrow, or just it's on your mind. It's about getting it out of your head. There's a, a phrase that I've, I think is mine taken from like kind of twisted and distorted from the words of David Allen from Getting Things Done. And the phrase is, if it's on your mind, it has your mind. And I've said this a few times in the podcast before when I've talked about this. If it's on your mind, it has your mind. So the point of the closing ceremony is to get it off your mind, to get this stuff off. So get the stuff off and spend 10 minutes to just get out all the to-dos that you've got. Jot them down, get them out of your head. And more than that, not just, right, I need to sort such and such, I need to do this, I need to reintroduce. It's to identify the next one or two actions in that thing, that task. Because the, the challenge is to not only reassure your brain that you've captured it somewhere reliable and trustworthy, but that when it picks it back up or when you pick that task back up, it's got the opportunity to get up and running. It can see exactly what the next action is to do, and then you're off and running. The key, one of the classics of overcoming procrastination, or one of the classics with challenges with procrastination is thinking you've got a lot to do and knowing you've got a lot to do, but not knowing where to start and not having a specific hook to kick yourself into action. And the, the best way to overcome that is to spend, if you don't know what the next thing to do is, spend five minutes working out what the next thing to do is. So this closing ceremony is about that. It's about listing your tasks, start emptying your head, but making the task words so that it's very specific. Right, I need to sort uh, the mortgage tomorrow and the, the get a new mortgage quote. Right, next thing is to email mortgage advisor, such and such, and do that. So you've got the next specific action. That for me is identifying the next sprout-sized action. We then dump down perhaps thoughts, concerns, worries, whatever it is in the day, so you might have a, a to-do list. You might even put the other stuff in the journal. You might just check your diary just to make sure tomorrow, what, what have I got tomorrow? What's coming on? What do I need to achieve tomorrow? What are my priorities tomorrow? And I often like to think about what's my three very important sprouts, my VISs. What are the three things that come hell or high water I will do tomorrow? And with a little bit of forgiveness in there, like the Meatloaf song says, two out of three ain't bad. You can get two of those, cracking, you've made some progress. So the whole part of that closing ceremony, part one of the closing ceremony, is very tactical, practical, emptying your head, getting clear, spending five minutes or so just thinking and getting clear on that. So you can brain can go, right, it's down, it's there. We're clo- we, can, we, we don't need to complete things. We can just close the loops for now. So that's a really useful process. But the part two, I think, is the bit that can be really, really useful for it, reducing the occurrences of waking up and with things on your mind or not being able to switch off at night. The part two is then to sit and just have five minutes, no devices, and just have five minutes to just 
let your head go where it needs to or wants to. To not specifically, we're not talking about meditation here, I'm not talking about a particular practice, I'm just talking about five minutes of a bit of quiet, having dumped stuff onto your brain, onto your, your to-do list, wherever, and to ask yourself this question. Okay, so what is it? What is it? And what is it really? And those two questions, you can phrase them however you like, but the point of it is to try to just give your brain an opportunity to go, right, okay, there's also this, or and this. Because often what we do when we dump, we brain dump, is we'll dump the superficial, the sur not the superficial, but the surface stuff. And actually, giving ourselves that space, just five minutes, can get us into the habit of looking and seeing if the brain is prepared, the subconscious brain, because it's fantastic at doing this, surfacing those things that are perhaps a little bit deeper, perhaps a little bit pushed to the back of the mind. They're dusty and they're cobwebby behind all of the to-dos of the day. And it kind of goes, oh, let's dust this off, and it pushes it to the front of your mind. Five minutes, ten minutes, whatever, but not too long, doesn't need to be long. That five minutes gives the brain the opportunity to do that. And what can happen is it can give you that opportunity to surface something that might be you know, really urgent. Actually, I hadn't thought of that. I must get that sorted, put it down on the two list as a priority test and whatever. Uh, a worry that you can then think about constructively and think, okay, yeah, ah, that is a worry, right. And But then when you think about it, it's not as serious as you think because you're consciously looking at it. Or it might be an idea or a thought or a, oh, I must get in touch with such and such. But you haven't spoken with them for a while. Those are the things that tend to sort of just lurk around in our head. And I don't know about you, if you've woken up through the night or you find it hard to switch off, it's about getting that stuff out and just putting it down on paper. So the closing ceremony can be really useful to help you for the night time. So my suggestion is try it. If you, if you don't try anything else, try that. And just try it for at least a week or two weeks, 10 minutes. Pick your time, experiment with the times, but do that process. The initial dump and then five minutes or so, just quiet time to think, what is it? What else is there? Is there anything else? And just see where it gets you. And for me, and this is anecdotally from uh, clients as well, uh, many clients, is that can really help in just helping to surface it at the right time rather than later on. And obviously you can do, have things like a notepad by the bed, something to jot things down if something does crop up later, because it will do from time to time, that's fine. That's the, way, that's the way your brain is. But we're just trying to give itself, take advantage of its brilliance at a time that suits us. So that's our, our closing ceremony, which brings me on to the opening ceremony, which is, it, it can support sleep if we get in the habit of it because your brain can then trust, well, it's okay, I'll be looking at it in the morning, for example. So the opening ceremony, again, is pretty much repeating or reviewing your closing ceremony, which is why I often talk about it second, because a good opening ceremony relies on a good closing ceremony the night before. So again, it's five or ten minutes where you might just review your notes from the previous day, previous night, the closing ceremony. Like, what is it I've got on today? What's my diary say? What does my to-do list say? What's the VIS as the very important spout size task I said I'd do? Where's my head at with all this? What are my intentions for the day? And that's all we're doing for the five minutes or so. And again, there's a part one and part two to this, but we're getting ourselves geared up. So again, timing is important. I wouldn't suggest you do it first thing when you wake up. Allow yourself to surface out of that lovely, sleepy, dozy state and into perhaps your first, you know, your coffee, your breakfast, whatever. But find 10 minutes at some point where you can just take yourself off. I know it can be challenging if you've got lots on, but it really is worth carving this out. And sometimes if it is necessary, it might be worth just carving out by getting up 10 minutes early to do this. So that contradicts a little bit the advice about not doing it when you first wake up. But if it's the only time you get it, it's better to do it than not. So the point of it is we, <coughs> 
we do that part one, we kind of start to review the closing ceremony, start to prime and focus in on stuff, but we do the part two again. And the part two is that five minutes of just quiet time, doesn't have no meditation, no nothing like that. We can do that later if that's part of your practice. The point of this is to just see what your brain surfaces. So we can just ask ourselves, and what else? What else is there? Is there anything else? So again, it's similar questions. The idea is to let your brain surface something that perhaps on the morning it occurs to it. Now I've been doing the morning ceremony very well, say not roughly that tends to be about 20 minutes of quiet time for me with a nurse and a cup of coffee. Um, but that's just because my routine allows it. But what that surfaced is some amazing things and not necessarily life-changing or world-changing ideas. I'm still waiting for one of those. But some things around, do you know, I haven't contacted such and such or, do you know, I was thinking about that coaching session yesterday. I'll just get back into it and I'm going to suggest something else. So little ideas pop in your head, but also sort of those things of you really need to sort that. Get, get that meter reading for the gas bill sorted because the meter isn't, the smart meter's not working. As trivial as it might sound, these things can drift on and on, can't they? And they can just niggle away at us if we're not careful. So those things we then allow to surface. Now, both of those rely, and throughout the rest of your day, rely on the third thing that I want to talk about, which is capture. And capture for me is, is the phrase for capturing whatever surfaces, whatever comes up. And this is where I I like to think about capture devices. What are the what and where can you capture those things that pop into your mind at a given time? So if you are doing your opening closing ceremonies, for example, how do you capture that stuff that pops into your head during your to, you know your download? It's you know it, it's often a to do list, a diary, a journal, that kind of thing, calendar. But where do you surface the other stuff? Probably in the same place, I would guess. But it may need something else, a, 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 an email, a, 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 a journal page specifically for it, whatever. But the point is to capture it. Because if it's on your mind, it has your mind, is the first part. So we need to get it off our mind. But in order to get it off our mind properly, we need to get it off our mind into something reliable and trustworthy. Your brain needs to trust it. And not just trust that it's reliable and trustworthy, but trust that it can find it again and you will find it again. You won't lose it. It's not a post-it note that ends up getting blown off the desk when the door's opened a bit too fast, that kind of thing. So capture is an important part of the process, which leads me to how how we can use all three really throughout the day. So if you have your bookend of your day really with the closing ceremony and open ceremonies, you bookend in the day with some really good 10 minute each side, robust routines to help you, to help your brain download and get it off its mind and highlight things it needs to. That'll lead to hopefully more focus during the day and better sleep. The capture is important for it to be trusted, but we can also do many opening closing ceremonies throughout our day and have a capture device on hand for anything that pops into our mind throughout the day. And this is really important as well because, well, I'll tell you what, I'll deal with the mini opening closing ceremonies, then I'll talk about capture throughout the day. The mini opening closing ceremonies are really just an, uh, something you can perhaps get in the habit of between different activities, between work, rest, play, but also between different types of work. So if you finish a particularly intense meeting or a meeting, have a closing ceremony. Now, you could do that as a group if it's part of a team thing, but as an individual, how often do you go from one Zoom meeting to another without actually capturing what was the essence of that and what are the key actions? So your closing ceremony for the meeting will be similar to what you do on the night. Like, what was that all about? What are the key actions? What do I need to make sure I do next time? And when do I schedule it in? 
So that closing ceremony can be useful there. And similarly, the opening ceremony could be prepped for the meeting or prepped for a different kind of work. It's just getting your head into it, into the game for the next thing. So mini opening and closing ceremonies can be really, really useful. And again, capture is an important part of that because where do you capture it? And think about the devices that you have. We don't want too many because your brain will get confused between having, well, there's a, there's a notes in my wallet, there's um, post-it notes here, there's email there, there's to-do lists, there's diaries, all that. We need to have fewer, but enough to satisfy and meet the job in all the contexts. So for me, I, I've mentioned it in previous podcasts, I, if, I, if I pick up a receipt, say, for, for something that I need to keep for my business, as a paper receipt, it goes in my wallet, and I empty my wallet. I know that I'm not gonna I'm gonna empty my wallet at some point during the week. So I know that's a reliable capture device and it's non-urgent. For other things, things that ideas, thoughts, jobs, um, whatever that pops into my head, I use an app called Brain Toss. Now I love this app. It's uh, I can't it's a while since I checked the pricing on it, it was about two fifty, three fifty. But the point of Brain Toss is it's a very simple app. Um, and you can get it on, on uh, most platforms, I think, for the smartphone. And when you switch it up, when you open it up, it gives you three options. One is to audio into it, photograph it, or text type into it. And it's so simple a thing. You pick one of the other, one of, th of the three. It might be, right, I'm, you see a bottle of bleach. I must get bleach on the shop and like, take a picture and it's captured. Or you text, you have an idea. And I'm always having ideas and I now capture them in text usually on that uh, app. But the beauty of the app is not just the simplicity of it, is it, it then sends anything you put into it by email straight to, to your inbox. Now that means you've got some a fair few more things in your inbox to deal with, but it means you've got it captured and as a place, one place where you can process later. So for me, that's a really reliable capture device. But I guess the question is, what would be your capture device? I remember in custody when I was um, custody sergeant, one of the things with working long 12-hour shifts is you'd be getting battered with all sorts of things throughout the day. And I used to take to having a little, I used to get an A4 bit of paper, tear it up into small chunks, staple it one corner, stick it in my pocket for anything that popped into my head. Because I knew that if I didn't capture it there and then while I was checking on a detainee here or ringing the doctor for that, whatever, if I didn't write it down, it would be gone. And often the really important priority tasks. So I could then check that list. So what is your capture device? What are the capture the means of capture? Not just in your opening and closing ceremonies, your mini opening and closing ceremonies, but also throughout the day. Because throughout the day is there will be numerous times when your mind drifts onto something else. And in terms of when it drifts onto something else, it means it's not focused on what you want it to be at that time. And that might be work, might be rest, might be play, might be presence with family, uh, friends and family time. It might be health focus. And for me, all are important because it's about the general sense of psychological load that we carry around. I often joke when I do the cabbages and sprouts sessions that I do um, with clients that your brain is a rubbish cabbage storage device. Your brain is a rubbish cabbage storage device. The cabbages represent the challenges, the demands, and the goals you set yourself. And what your brain will try to do is juggle them in its head, keep them conscious, keep everything you need to do in all live. So you're constantly having to fight against the, the brain, trying to say, what about this? You need to do that. Don't forget this. We need to sort that out. There's too much here. You've got too many things on, all of that. Whilst you're just trying to be present in the moment, whether that's focusing on some project at work or present with family, like I say, or enjoying a meal or at the gym or, or trying to get yourself out the door for a walk, whatever it is, that psychological load is an issue for us. So these things are all about trying to lighten the load, 
get it out of your head and onto something reliable. Opening closing ceremonies, morning and evening, mini opening closing ceremonies, but underpinning it all are, is a good capture device, or are good capture devices, and using those to help build a robust foundation for your brain to be able to offload. So that when you come to switch off, you can get you can switch off a little bit easier. When you come to settle down for sleep, you can settle down to sleep and drift off a little bit easier, and you hopefully will have less disruptions through the night. So that's my my food for thought really for this uh, this week's podcast. Um, hopefully you've taken some something away from that. My challenge or question to you is where could the opening and closing ceremonies fit into your day in terms of timing and how could you uh, commit to doing those for the next couple of weeks? Give them a go, give them a try. And what capture devices, the fewer the better, but you need enough to do the job properly, what capture devices could you could you use that you know are reliable enough for your brain to give you to, to trust? And to, to let it go and give it a couple of weeks practice that uh, experiment with it tweak change it whatever and drop me a line dave at restlessmidlife.com if you have any uh, particular feedback from your experiments and uh, or ideas on what your capture devices uh, might be i love brain toss but there, i'm sure there are others out there um so let me know and uh, any other thoughts or feedback or any other topics you want to cover um give me a shout at dave at restlessmidlife.com Thank you for listening. You'll find all show notes, links and resources mentioned at midlifereshape.com forward slash podcast. And it would mean so much if you could spread the word to your fellow restless midlifers. Share the show and links. And if you aren't already, subscribe to the show in your podcast feed of choice. And one more thing. If you enjoy the show, it would be great if you could rate it by visiting midlifereshape.com forward slash review. It would mean so much, and I may even give you a shout-out in return. And a quick final thanks to production assistant Karen North of North VA and for the music, which is called Silver Star by the awesome Logan Nicholson of Music for Makers at musicformakers.com. Take care for now, and don't forget, you really can reshape your midlife health and rekindle that spirit of adventure.